Erica, and I saw that pop up on the news and I was cracking up so hard. How much shit did you get given on your text messages with, with um, when all that came out? Was it two weeks ago last week? When was it? Two weeks ago? Yeah, uh, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah, no, no, a lot of people thought it was very funny to uh, text me saying, uh, sure, bro. Uh, so good. Been, uh, the most popular text. But uh, look, it's one of those things that um, happens in politics from time to time. As someone from Ngāti Pirau, from um, Waipiro Bay, with a population of 26, I was really pumped to know that our um, our, our tribe had increased by almost 4% with, with the inclusion of you in there. So, so I appreciate I appreciate that. That's awesome. Well, oh. course, I've got lots of, uh, I do have lots of uh, Ngāti Pirau cousins and so forth, yep. because uh, that's um, uh, Rooster, who is my great-great-grandfather, who uh, um, means I am uh, related to just about the entire East Coast. Uh, and so uh, somebody got the wrong end of the stick there. Easy. Um, we met a couple of years ago through a mutual friend, Holly Bennett, crazy young buck, just flipping. How would you describe Holly Bennett in, in one sentence, apart from nut job, chaotic, awesome human? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, human tornado. Uh, <laughs> there you go. There you go. Jeez, um, where do we start? How has maybe, actually, we'll start here. What was the biggest thing you realized about um, po the power of politics in the last three months? Oh, look, when, you, when, you, when you're dealing with a crisis like we have with, with COVID-19, you see it all around the world. Um, uh, you know, some countries pull together uh, and, and others come under real sort of external pressure. Uh, and, you know, and you see the nature of a country uh, under pressure. New Zealand's come through it very well. You know, we, we've been very focused um, to you know get on top of the disease as soon as we can. Uh, New Zealanders, uh, uh, you know, have a strong community spirit, uh, and so that, that 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 I think has has worked pretty well. You'll see some other parts of the world where it's where it's gone in opposite directions, and um, uh, and you know, political leadership's part of that, but also the nature of the challenge. Uh, We've had it easy in some respects in New Zealand, being small, isolated, uh, surrounded by a, a moat of 2,000 kilometres of sea. Uh, it does uh, make it a little bit easier, but you've still got to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. The um, All during lockdown, we were interviewing a, shit, a whole bunch of people all, all over the show. And and we've do you see it the same way that I see it where wave one medical, knock that shit out, wave two economic, it's going to be you know a three to five year argument, but then the long tail of sort of mental health and community. Do you see it the same way of, of I guess, medical, economic, community people for the long tail? Or do you see things, do you see it a, a bit different with where the priorities of the nation will probably shift over this next, you know, decade? Well, uh, yeah, look, I mean, uh, obviously we're moving from the, from the, medical phase to the economic phase and you know how we get through that will determine the extent of the the, the damage long term uh, and uh, uh, so for New Zealand of course it's important that we get uh, back on track uh, and um, that means opening up the place as soon as we can and 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 not not kind of believing that the solution to every problem is industrial scale government spending um, which seems to be the current plan at the moment. Uh, actually, you know, I, I think the critical thing is to trust uh, Kiwis, small business people, families, um, big businesses to figure it out for themselves how to get back on their feet and everybody will have a different sort of route uh, and it's the private sector that really drives growth and, and opportunity. So that, that's that's where, where I'm coming from. 
Uh, and, the, you know, if we do a good job on that, then the, um, you know, those broader social consequences uh, will be um, manageable. And then we can focus on the things that we've, you know, we always want to do as a country, which is, you know, rise, raise up the whole of the population, get people focused and, and able to look after themselves and their families and, you know, have some, have some fun, which is what life's all about. Totally agree. When, um, obviously, you know the numbers pretty pretty well with what you do and how you do it. What do you think of the, where did um, the Labour government potentially stuff up the most? Or where, where did they do the best and the worst in the budget? Like, what were you like, yeah, that makes sense. And what were you like, this is Muppet shit. What was the, because in the, from, from, I guess, from my side talking to crew, they were like, tourism felt they got smoked. Small businesses were just like, geez, you know, did you see it the same? What, you, what did they do good and what did they suck at? Well, <laughs> look, uh, I mean, they've been very effective at shutting the place down. Um, and uh, and that was good in terms of getting on top of the disease. Um, but uh, you, you've got a, you, an element of pragmatism is important to open up and, and allow people to do things. And so the budget, uh, you know, the, the primary issue is that um, they just, just give themselves this great sort of slush fund of 20, more than $20 billion to spend. Uh, and, you know, you can't ignore the fact that we've got an election in three months' time. And so, um, you know, if every day that you're just spending two or three hundred million uh, um, to sort of make that group happy and then tomorrow that group happy, uh, what, what, what you see is, um, uh, you know, this big mountain of, of debt because it's all borrowed money uh, that, that particularly young people are going to have to pay off uh, in the next little while and it will, it will lead to higher taxes if it's not sort of dealt with properly. And that will just, just makes it harder for people to get ahead. So what, when I look at the budget, I say, yep, they they were they were quite good on dealing with the health issue, uh, and and locking us down and dealing with the virus. Uh, what 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 is absent is is a clear kind of plan to get us back on track economically, uh, beyond just government spending. And uh, that's that, that's where that would be my fundamental criticism of it. Yeah, I mean, probably a lot of crew that obviously you know I've been interviewing a bunch of people feel probably pretty similar about it or that it was the um, thing of you know there's you know 20 billion dollars sitting around there but no exact plan of of how to do it and one of the questions I've been asking uh, uh, kind of everyone is you know um COVID essentially put the world at a standstill and it pushed pause on an entire economy right every single section was literally like to zero like and then I would then ask, you know, how do you see these worlds uh, going back into motion? So, you know, as as we film this, today is level one. People are free. They can go out and give each other hongies left and right to all your Nazi Pero cousins. Um, how do you see this getting the the engine back rolling from zero to, to 100 again? Like, what do you think are the most critical things that the nation needs to focus on economically for this next, let's say, between now and Christmas, um, to try and get New Zealand back faster, better, you know, um, as, as good, as safe as possible for the economy? Yeah, well, well, well the, the first thing is to allow people to do things. Uh, and uh, so we're, um, you know, and uh, you can argue about, I don't like sort of go breaking over the coals or whatever, but every every week and every day matters, particularly, if, you know, for the 400,000 small businesses. Um, you know, we had a few occasions uh, in, in the grim period with Willie Jackson and people like that saying, oh, an extra week doesn't matter. Uh, it, it does oh, matter. For, bit, for, for, for business, yep, every day matters. <laughs> every day it's a matters. week of payroll which punches you in the face, man. Jeez. That's right. And so uh, people are under enormous pressure. And, and, you know, what you've seen, of course, is, you know, big parts of, of society, um, uh, uh, particularly, you know, people on 
government payrolls or, or you know, superannuitants who have had, they haven't had any cut in their income. Uh, and uh, so, you know, they're naturally focused on, on the health side of things. Uh, but the, a relatively small group of society, particularly the small business folk, have been hammered, absolutely hammered. Uh, and every day for them counts. So, um, you know, speed to open up and allow people to do things. Now, yep, well, now we're at level one today, which is great. Um, the, the next step is is the border because, you know, tourism is colossally important. So we want to get that trans-Tasman bubble operating as soon as we can. Uh, international education was our fourth largest industry, uh, export industry. And so, you know, you've got to... Um, uh, it's it's just too easy to say, oh, it's all too hard. We'll just put it off to next year. Um, you know, the, the smart, adaptive, dynamic countries figure out how to make it happen again uh, to get those people back and through quarantine. You know, send them off to the, uh, the the you know the university accommodation or whatever. Do whatever it takes uh, to en enable us to make a living because uh, that's what we need. I get it. The um, tourism. Maybe we'll just go here here for a second. Uh, a lot of crew that. Um, that I know and buddies with, you know, they run tourism companies. They they're looking at um, this whole landscape is pretty much not only decimated, but trying to figure out like how to sort of reset the deck a little. If you were in government now, would you have approached? How would you have approached tourism maybe differently? Would you have approached it differently? What what would you have done with that? Because obviously a lot of people were yarning around Queenstown and and just I guess everything. How how would you have maybe approached that? Your vibes. What would you? Well, I mean, I, I don't think there's sort of, uh, um, yeah, you know, there's sort of no magic bullet uh, uh, immediately in the sense that if you're if you're you know totally reliant on on you know the American market or something you know tourists from, from particular areas, uh, then you really are going to struggle until the the border opens. So the primary thing is to do everything we can to have have that happen sooner rather than later, uh, and so you start off with the easy bits, which is Australia. How would we have done it th differently? Uh, you know, we supported the wage subsidy to carry people through. Um, our argument was that um, you needed to get some cash into the hands of those small businesses back in the budget time uh, uh, through a GST refund. Uh, the, the, the problem is there was a lot of talk around, you know, rent and overhead costs. Uh, and, you know, paying a wage subsidy is fine. So, you know, I was talking to somebody yesterday who said it's a bit like, you know, a racehorse. Yep, yep, yep you've you covered the cost of the jockey. Uh, but the, the horse still has to be fed, uh, and uh, if you um, uh, and that side of the equation has been missed out, uh, and that's what's made it very difficult for those small businesses, particularly uh, to keep going because they've just had rent and all sorts of other overheads carrying on. Uh, um, but you, you can't, but, uh, uh, you know. But if it was to stay like that for eighteen months, the, the, the state can't continue just to sort of uh, keep businesses going for eighteen months with no revenue, and so. Uh, there'll be some that will have to either sort of mothball themselves or, or adapt in some way uh, and wait for the upturn. And, I, and, and we'll come back. Uh, I don't believe, you know, some people seem to think that, you know, the world has changed forever. It hasn't. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll be back doing our stuff. We'll be bungee jumping. The world will be coming here. Uh, uh, um, it doesn't mean uh, there will be certainly changes in behaviour and people will go about doing things differently. Um, but, you know, there's still huge opportunities in this country uh, and you've got to find a way through. If you were, um, if you were in power, would you have got taken the country into lockdown the way you did? Would you have gone earlier, later? How, would you have, would you have done? Well, um, we, we still actually haven't seen the, the, uh, the detailed advice that the government got at a lot of the critical moments. So it's a little bit hard on the outside. I, I look, I, 
what we argued long and hard that uh, that um, uh, you know at the early stages uh, the, the border controls were pretty loose. Um, yeah. uh, the, I, I remember being on the the, um, the epidemic committee, which which sat on, and in the first week of the lockdown at level four. Uh, we'd had the, the Prime Minister on the TV saying, yep, 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 people coming from overseas, they go through, they get checked, they go off into the self-isolation and the police come and check on them in three days and, and it's very tight. Uh, and then we had the Commissioner of Police come along to our committee later in the week and said, yeah, well, um, yeah, no, we actually, no, we haven't got round to seeing anybody. <laughs> uh, and so it wasn't tight at all. It was loose as all, you know, it was, it was loose. Uh, and so there was a lot of talk about going hard and early uh, but actually, uh, they certainly went hard, but um, but not when it came to the border. So some of those sort of practical things uh, could have been improved, but you know it's easy in hindsight. But that, that, so that was what we were certainly focused on. Uh, and and then uh, there's you know there's an obvious question about whether you had to go as hard as they did. Um, the Australians, of course, kept construction and a whole a, a much part bigger part of the economy going uh, through their lockdown, and the health outcomes have been largely the same uh you know remember you know we didn't set out in this whole exercise to uh, have none of the, not not have the disease at all we set out in the exercise to to have a manageable um you know to, to not be overrun by it and uh, australia certainly hasn't been overrun by it uh and uh, but they've got through it without quite the same level of economic damage so we're at zero now do you think economically we would have been able to navigate it potentially not eradicate or eliminate, sorry, but um, there would have been a different way to try and keep more of the economy balanced with the with the health. Well, well that's what that's what we've got to sort of work our way through, and that's the you know I mean, it's got to ask ourselves as a country what what, what is the what's the plan? Uh, I mean, if it's uh, you know we, we, we can you know we, we can hold out here um, and and hide from the rest of the world for for a decade if we want. If we have the borders totally sealed, now uh, we're not going to have the disease, but um, uh, you know, there are huge consequences for that in terms of our standard of living and our ability to, you know, to sort of engage with the rest of the world. And so you've got to actually figure out a way to, um, uh, you know, re-engage and reopen uh, uh, as safe as possible uh, and not necessarily seeking absolute perfection, but, you know, keeping things under control. And so I, I personally think, uh, you know, just an element of pragmatism is what's required. Uh, and and because um, people like you need to come and go, uh, you know, we 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 make our living trading in the world, and you've got to get out in the world, yeah. and and you know, so we can't sort of just hide away here. I get it. The um, over uh, lockdown as well. I mean, in the last month, you guys have had a, a new change in uh, leadership. What, how's the buzz of all that been going? What's yeah, big well, change, yeah. Speak, chef, is it kind of like? I mean, shit. You know, I know flipping almost. I I know more about politics from texting Holly than I do from anything else. So it's, it's flipping great because I actually get good good scoops. What's the buzz been like with the with the party now? You got new leadership and shit. How's that all rolling? Oh, all right. Look, look, it's it's been an emotional kind of roller coaster uh, for all of us involved. Um, you know, I was very close to Simon Bridges, and you know, mm. you know, make no secret of the fact I supported him and and wanted him to stay on, and and uh, it was. I was, it was a very difficult time for him in the sense that you just had this extraordinary situation. At the start of the year, we were actually ahead in the polls and, and in a position to um, uh, you know, really put pressure on the government and, and potentially win the election. Uh, and then you had sort of three months where the, the Prime Minister just completely dominated the airwaves. Uh, we were on the outer um, and uh, a budget was spraying billions of dollars everywhere and, and then a public poll 
um, was uh, was probably tougher than the reality, and and that uh, you know, led to the change. Uh, but look, um, Todd is a very impressive character, and uh, he's uh, uh, leapt into the fray. And uh, you know, we're just absolutely focused uh, as a caucus to do the best we can over the next two or three months, uh, because you know we'll, we actually think there's a lot of stake at this election. Uh, and like I, I say, yeah. if you just carry on uh, as this uh, government has, um, just you know, with that basic assumption that the the plan is just to borrow a lot of money and spend it, uh, and and wait uh, for a vaccine, then then that's we're going to pay for that as a country for a very long time. So we'll be putting out a, an alternative vision, which is primarily based on on yes, government investment, but also trusting uh, uh, the private sector to drive growth individuals, families, businesses uh, to figure out how to get back on their, on their feet and, and having a mindset which says yes, yes to things. You know, yes, you can do this. Uh, yeah. Yes, yes, you can build this stuff. You don't have to be bogged down in regulation and, and uh, ground into the dirt by rules and, and petty bureaucrats. Uh, we actually have to have a bit more of a mindset of uh, allowing Kiwis to get out and do some stuff. So when you obviously were boys with bridges, so how does that all, I mean, Pardon my stupid question. Literally, everyone in the party is like, "Yo, who do you want to win?" And then, do you do you write it on a piece of paper? Do you put your hand up? Are you in a round room? Do you send like a text message? Like, just logistically, no, no, no. how does it work to pick a to pick a winner? Logistically, is we go into the caucus. There's 55 of us, uh, and um, we, we all uh, vote. It's a secret ballot. Uh, you write it on a little paper. There you piece go. Of paper. So it's, it's, it's secret. That's a thing. There you go. Yeah, the secret ballot goes off, and uh, the the whip and the party president count uh, and come back and announce the winner. We don't know whether it was how we don't get the result in terms of the numbers. We just know somebody won, somebody lost. Classic. So what is it like? Obviously, everyone must um, like be lobbying all their mates and bits and pieces as well. So do yeah. you, does like hypothetically within the world of politics, people within parties do they have set different group chats for different? pockets of clusters to try and get support how do they how does how do potential leaders have to navigate that because i'm imagining just like logistically it must be quite tricky especially these obviously games everyone's trying to you know do, do the whole gig is it that's quite little, gnarly navigating yeah, yeah, your, your, your messages the sort, of, the sort of thing you don't want to be doing too often uh, uh mm. because it's a huge distraction uh and um you know, the reality of life is that people say yes to more than one person. Uh, and so nobody knows what's actually going to happen. Uh, uh, quite often, a um, number of people are confident going into a vote and only one person comes out. And so anyway, uh, I mean, it is it is what it is. And, and it's, you know, I suppose, not surprising, given the enormous political pressure that we've had, um, that, that those sort of questions are raised. And so, uh, you know, it, it, it was it was a moment of high drama. Um, and uh, but it's it's behind us now. Now we're you know absolutely focused on the next moment of high drama, which is the uh, election campaign, where anything can happen. I get it. Is it weird lo uh, having a bro lose? And like, how how does it, how, do you take him out for a quick beer and like? Because it must be like quite an emotional kind of, you know, like you were the captain kind of, you know, and then you get smoked and you're like, oh geez, you know, like how do you? Well, navigate? yeah, well the. the, the, the the extraordinary thing is, of course, um, uh, um, uh, you know, it's a bit like the ancient sort of, you know, the king is dead, long live the king. Um, yeah. uh, immediately, because uh, the moment the new leader is elected, then it's 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 absolutely full on. 
for for the new leader to um, you know get out there in the media. And so you know within what a half an hour of the vote, I was uh, up there on the on the stage with the with the new leader as part of the new team. You know, he decided he wanted to keep me on as finance spokesperson, and and so. Uh, I, you know, basically haven't had a moment to um, uh, catch my breath since because uh, there's an enormous amount of change that's required when you've got a new regime in place, uh, and so it's 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 busy, busy basically. Uh, and uh, eventually in October we'll catch our breath and and um, uh, tell some stories. I get it. The um, hypothetically out of a hundred members, so if there's a hundred members of parliament and one on one side, what percentage of them do you think? Deep, deep down, even though they would maybe only tell their wife and their best friend, actually wanted to be the prime minister to take it. Do you think, <laughs> like, what percentage? Do you think some are like are happy in their role, like the Scotty Pippen, and they're like, you know, just like they know they they lane, or or do you think everyone wants to be Michael? All politicians that you've ever met of all time, hundred out of a hundred percent. What do you think? Uh, no, look, I don't know. I mean, I think um, well, probably at least half would uh, consider themselves uh, yeah. the, the prime minister. Uh, um, you don't. It's not the kind of over thing. Over under seventy. Hey, <laughs> if there was an over under of seventy, what do you reckon? <laughs> I, I, I take know. the over. Uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, but but look, it's, you, you don't go into it if you don't back yourself, as I, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but but a lot of them, uh, you know, a lot of us have, have a particular role in mind uh, that they want to do. I mean, for, for me, I've always, you know, I've always um, wanted to be the minister of finance, um, uh, and uh, and so that's why I'm happy to have the role that I've got, um, because uh, you know I think that's a critical sort of part of the whole political operation, uh, without necessarily having to um, uh, um, you know, parade your family around as the leader of the party and. Um, yeah. Uh, me and my wife, you know, she caused us too much trouble. Yeah. <laughs> just, just keep you with your spreadsheets, mate. You're happy with that. <laughs> when you actually, oh, ask question. So, if you're doing a, like, say, if, you know, you, you're the minister of finance, you have to do this. How aggressive do your spreadsheets go? Like, is is it just? Do you love going into the web of, 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 you know, hypothesizing different bits and pieces? Like, how gnarly is your spreadsheet game? Oh, no, not as gnarly as you would think, really. Ultimately, because uh, um, you know, while it's uh, while it's numbers, I mean, you've got, of course, you've got to remember the, the you know, politics and the economy. It's all about people, really. You know, it's all about families and and uh, uh, how, how you sort of do your best for the for the population. And so it's that it, they're not necessarily always hard uh, numerical decisions that you're making. It's judgments about uh, you know what your priorities are. So. Um, yeah, look, I mean, I, so I, I probably spend more more of my time with words, uh, trying to express yeah. what we're trying to do, which is about you know uh, coming up with a plan that that people feel uh, confident about, and they have this that they can see. Yeah, okay, these 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 folks they they make sense. They know what they're doing. Uh, they've got a clear sense of direction, and um, I, and on the basis of that, I feel confident to. Um, have a crack and start my new business, or hire a new person, or you know, um, expand in some way. Because that's under, you know, fundamentally what we want. We want we want all, um, you know young people uh, to have a go and and feel confident to have a go, and they're more likely to do that if they look around and they say, okay, well, I don't I don't care about politics particularly. I don't care about government particularly, but I just want to know at the back of my mind that that, that there is somebody confident in charge and they know what they're doing.
uh, and then I can do my stuff and get on with it. And uh, we're not sort of going down the gurgler. And that, that, that I think, you know, fund, it's, it's no more complicated than that. Uh, and, but, but to actually achieve that is, hard, you know, it requires uh, discipline and effort. So with the big election coming up, so September 19th, is it? Yeah. September 19th. Um, when are you allowed to tell people what the, the plan is publicly? Like, is there a, a set time? Like, how are you going to approach this differently? Like, what do you, what's what's National's ninja move to try and win this election? Like, what's the... Well, 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 well the, the thing about a ninja move is that you don't um, uh, tell people when it's coming. <laughs> when are you, are you legal, is there a time frame on when you can legally tell people what you can and can't do? Like, is there a timeline on that no, where you can start no, to talk about no, it now? No, 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 there isn't. Um, okay. uh, um, but, you know, you don't want to leave it too late because, you know, people have to be told things, um, you know, 20 times before they hear it the first time. So, you, you know, you do want to, you know, keep the message out relatively early. Uh, uh, the, the challenge with this unique circumstance that we've got at the moment is that, you know, because... Uh, you know things such as moving to level one and uh, and all the health sorts of issues are so dominant in in terms of people's um, minds that it's hard to get a, a, another message through. So it's a it's a yeah. question of timing, really. Yeah, um, the, but, um, you know, people want to want to be clear about where we're heading well beforehand. Yeah. Well, one of the things um, you know we're talking about before about the economy. You know, ninety seven uh, percent of New Zealand businesses are small businesses with staff under twenty. Um, yeah. Is the chink in the armor going after small business? Is that is that the play? Like that that's got to be obviously a big priority because after the budget came out, so many small business owners, you know, that I talked to were just real kind of yeah. like gutted and disappointed, and were just like, "What the fuck?" Like shit, you know. Yeah. How, how do you feel? Yeah. Do you feel small yeah. business has been left left to the side a, a little bit, and and do you think that's where a, a big priority has to be? To yeah, oh, well, a, a, absolutely, uh, absolutely. They're, uh, they're um, very much in tune with our way of thinking, uh, and um, yeah, you know, we back them, uh, we support them. I, I, I always take the view that you know, there's no purer form of of public service uh, than being in business, because you only survive in business if you give people what they want. At the right price, and that's hard, and it requires you know an enormous amount of uh, effort every day. And so, you know, um, whereas there is a slight tendency um, uh, amongst the government parties to regard businesses as uh, just big business out there to rip everybody off, and that they're there to be um, uh, to pay lots of tax and be quiet. And uh, that mindset, I think, sort of filters through a little bit in the way they're going. So, all the most of the money in the budget is is, is gone to. Um, uh, um, every other place apart from getting some cash into the hands of those small businesses who have been told to shut down, not because they're no good at business, but for the benefit of the country. And so they've been told to do it for the benefit of the country, but but they have to bear most of the burden. How do you think the banks have done through all this? Because I think, you know, one of the um, things people will be talking about for, you know, some of the people I've been talking to is thinking of, you know, do we take out bigger bank loans with personal guarantees so we can actually survive through this, or we just say stuff it? Like, how do you think? How do you think the banks are done through this whole thing? Because obviously they've moved pretty pretty fast, but how do you think they've done? Well, uh, yeah, look, uh, uh, um, uh, it, it's easy for politicians to say that, um, and I've heard the Minister of Finance say that you know they should be um, uh, you know generous or or uh, open, um, expansive, or, or take take greater risks and and uh, 
uh, I, I think they've done as much as they can around that area in terms of offering extended you know, conditions. Uh, but ultimately, of course, if you're a small business and you're struggling and you can't operate, then you don't really want to be taking on more debt. Um, and so that's the real challenge. And that's why, you know, that's why we argued for some sort of cash payment through the you know, G GST refund at the critical time. Now, of course, the business, now that the economy is open, the, you know, the, the best thing you can do is allow people to do their job uh, and get their business operating as soon as possible. And then sort of take the pressure off on, on the regulatory side. So, I mean, one of the most bizarre moments of the whole episode was that uh, um, you know, the government seems to sort of just carry on as business as usual, just applying new rules and costs to business uh, as if nothing's happened. And so on the, you know, on the 1st of April, they put up the minimum wage uh, significantly at a time when businesses had no revenue. Uh, and the, the, the line was, oh, well, you know, it's important. Uh, um, like there's some kind of magic tree out there that businesses can just find more money to pay higher wages. Now, the whole purpose of government policy is to, to create an economy where, where where wages go up, but they've got to be based on on reality uh, and the ability of businesses to pay. So uh, you, you, you've got to a little be a bit, bit in tune with what's going on. And um, uh, so you know we we have a real focus on trying to uh, pull back uh, the burden of regulation, give flexibility uh, to employees, you know, with ninety day trials and things like that, so that you know, so so that you're in an um, uh, an employ employment friendly environment is what you want to see yeah hmm. when you look at what national stands for in 2020 versus what labor stands for in 2024 the average kiwi what do you feel you're most what do you most agree on and what do you just like stuff that like what's the what's the two ends of the spectrum of what you agree with and disagree with well, we would agree that the um, you know the health and security of New Zealanders is critical, uh, and uh, so uh, a, an effective health system and response to COVID is, is absolutely critical. Uh, and we would agree that it's important that all New Zealanders are, are looked after, and that we you know use the resources of the state as we can to cushion the blow for those who are most hurt uh, through this situation agree on that uh, where, where we differ I, I think is um uh, what i would characterize as their belief that the primary solution to it all is going to come out of wellington and government and it's government spending on a colossal scale will solve the problem uh, we uh, see a role for government spending and investment but we see also critical equal role in private sector uh and, um, and it's a question of sort of trusting New Zealanders and their businesses to, you know, figure out for themselves how to get back on track uh, and to uh, get the money that they need. And, and you know, appreciate that it's, it's, you know, also it's those tens of thousands of little decisions of, of small little operators to, to you know, four, four, four employees to take on an extra person to expand. That really drives economic growth, which is why, you know, one of our you know, proposals a couple of weeks ago with, with Todd was to, you know, offer 10,000 10, bucks for people who would hire a new employee. It's not going to be transformative. It's not going to uh, uh, make change everybody's mind, but it will just help nudge a few over to take the plunge because if you're hiring an extra person, it's a big risk. Uh, and if yeah. you can just do something to help people take that plunge and drive uh, private sector growth, then that'll make a big difference. 
Well, that's when it's in that we had a Janine Crossan on who's um, director of uh, Powered by Flossie. And so she was, you know, saying we're essentially in a fear-based economy now and at, when every dollar matters from a business owner's perspective, you're in full defense mode, pretty much not offense mode out of survival. So it's like, what are those key sort of levers you can do to be able to do it? Um, yeah, def definitely understand that. If, if and, you were... and, and I'd, say, I'd say we're a little bit more forward-leaning as well. I mean, a real old-fashioned element of, of, the, uh, of the budget, which was, you know, it was like a billion, $1.1 billion for people to go out and hunt possums uh, in a make-work scheme uh, and, and huge amounts and trains, you know, so like they're going to sort of catch a train out to the Tararuas or something and go and hunt possums. It was no different to the 1950s. Uh, and uh, but actually relatively little on on you know technology and mm. uh, and R and D and and uh, you know the the future uh, that that needs to be driven with you know, you know high skills and uh, you know the previous you know national government we invested enormously in, in R and D and all those sorts of things and so uh, you know I I, I, I think uh, that, you know it's, that's the basic difference is. is is the state going to drive it uh, and, you know, it's, it's going to create jobs through all sorts of make work schemes or are we going to rely on, 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 on the private sector more? Mm. So if you were to put the little goldsmith fairy dust over New Zealand, say you were prime minister in power or whatever today, if you were to do one thing right now, now we're in level one. Today is like day one for, you know, this, this new New Zealand, uh, whatever the future holds. What would you do right now to make New Zealand better, like today? If and don't worry about any of voting, you could just be like boom, magic wand, done. What would it be? Well, it, it, would, it would be to, to back uh, New Zealanders and all their many little places and, and the small businesses to, to go out and succeed. And my, I'd see my critical role would be to make it as easy as possible for them to do that. It wouldn't tax them too much. Uh, would would be light in terms of regulation. It would allow them to get money in from offshore if they needed to, and just say go for it. Uh, the answer to most questions that you ask, can I do this? Yes. Go out, make a living, and look after yourself and your family. Yeah, the I think the psyche of just most people in business is just in, in defense mode. So it's like, how, what does a government? How does the government help change that? the psyche and that feeling around around business to go and be proactive because i don't think we're gonna you know you can't save your way out of this thing and you've got to you've got to grow but you can only grow if you're kind of feeling positive or or, or have the confidence to go and do it right so I think yeah, that's a huge well, piece. Well, yeah and in the short and uh, on on the short term uh in the defense then then you don't just keep on adding costs as if nothing's changed so there's a real government can do is take some pressure off uh and you know that's why you have to be disciplined around regulation. You have to say, well, actually, you know, we'll make it easier for you to hire people. You know, we'll we'll extend the ninety-day trials to everybody. You know, we'll 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 look at the uh, some of the costs that you're dealing with uh, around, um, you know, the, the the overhead costs that you're dealing with. All those sorts of things uh, will help at the margins, and also a real focus on opening up that economy in terms of the border, getting the tourists back, getting the Aussies back. Uh, so I remember when we first met, I told you what my education on politics was, was, you know, and I'll refresh the story for those, obviously they went in the meeting with us, was um, I was 13 years old in science class and my and at Aranui in Christchurch and my and my uh, teacher goes, all right, you know how the election's coming up? Everyone's like, yep, you know what it's about? Everyone's like, nope. And they go, okay, this is all you need to know about politics. So you know how you guys are on the benefit? And we were like, yep. They're like, all right, well... National want to take it away from you. And that was it. 
That was in 90, no, that was in 98. I think I would have been 13, 14. In the perception of within culture and community, do you feel that's changed for the better or worse since since then for the average psyche for of those within culture around national? Do you feel, yeah, how do you feel that national's changed or perceived maybe? Uh, yeah, look, I mean, I think... Uh, um... Uh, you know, I, I, unfortunately, there is always a, an element of politics which is around fear, uh, and uh, it's been a long sort of um, uh, old tactic um, of, of of Labour parties to, to send pamphlets out to uh, state houses and say, you know, National will throw you out of your house and and uh, they'll cut your benefits, and uh, fear has always been part of it. Uh, I think we demonstrated uh, with nine years with. You know, John Key and Bill English that uh, actually um, the, the National Party was the first party in, in a very long time to increase benefits, for example, and that was uh, a, a result of a strong economy that was focused on all New Zealanders. That, that, that they don't actually have horns coming out of their heads. Uh, we're, we're New Zealanders who are proud New Zealanders who are focused on on improving a lot of of everybody. So I think we, I think we, we made. Um, uh, a difference of that, and that's why you know we were consistently polling in the in the forties and rather than in the thirties like we were in the in the nineteen nineties. Um, but you know every generation, you know every sort of group has to reinforce that message and um, you know recognise that uh, um, you know politics is not. Uh, we end up talking about the economy a lot because it's so important, but that's you know it's not what it's not everything. Um, you know, I'm in politics to, um, uh, you know, I, I want to see us, you know, people have the best opportunities that they can to, to, to get ahead and look after themselves and their families. But, you know, it's also about preserving what's special about this country, which is our beautiful environment. It's our, it's our way of life. It's our sort of relatively high levels of social cohesion. Now, we're not perfect. We don't, you know, but, you know, compared with most of the world, we actually get along pretty well in New Zealand. Um, you know, we're, yeah. we're people and uh um you know there's uh, I, I can play a game of rugby in ruatoria and and, and come out still alive <laughs> Try. You know, that's, good. that's good i've done it i i have never felt like i've been tackled so hard in my life but i you know i mean I, we, we 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 get along uh, in this country pretty well and those those sort of special things about new zealand uh, we've got to do our best to preserve and that's you know that's why we have um uh, you know, such a generous welfare state, um, and you know, but you know, it's important to be able to sustain that. So you've got to have a decent economy behind that. One of the ones, because I was obviously Nati Epson popped out, and everyone was you know giving you guys giving you a shit in in corporate world and boardrooms. Diversity, the diversity and inclusion, and they say diversity of thought and blah blah. But the reality is, a lot of these positions aren't open up for females, Pacifica, Maori, Asian, Indians, whatever. When people give you and your party shit for potentially being too white or not brown enough or whatever do you think that's fair and it's a fair representation of the new zealand that you represent like i know it's kind of a loaded thing but like do you do you feel that it's fair? Well, like, so you get the answer back to people like oh it's diversity of thought it's like yeah but you got flipping like on this board thing was like yeah we got like nine old rich white dudes like that's not diversity of thought piss off like you know like how do you feel when people give you shit about that Oh well, it's all, all criticism is is uh, fair. I mean, we had a, a, a we had the, the for the first time in the National Party's history a, a, 
a Maori leader and deputy leader and Simon Bridges and Paula, Paula Bennett, and they were hounded out of office by the same media that, that turned around the next day and said, uh, well, you haven't got enough Maori. Uh, so, I mean, what, what gives? Uh, <laughs> you know, they, they literally hounded them out. Uh, and um, so uh, uh, every single you know, sort of week, uh, you know, TB3 were predicting his demise for two years. So, uh, and then immediately he's gone, um, the, the new leader is uh, attacked for not being uh, Maori. Well, so look, you, you just have to deal with these things and, uh, as best you can. And, you know, we, we have a, a broad uh, caucus of 55 of all sorts of backgrounds. Um, uh, and uh, we do our best to represent and the views right across the country. And um, if you get too hung up about, you know, who's number one and who's number nine and uh, and um, uh, uh, you, you can slice it and dice it in such a way that it doesn't look uh, diverse. I mean, of our top five, three a woman, for example, um, uh, that people would say that was, um, you know, you know, sh showing a, a great representation uh, on the gender side. And so it depends what you want to focus on. But you know, it's really it's the results that count. Uh, and yeah. that's where we come back to. I get it. Um, I know you're a busy man. you gotta, you got to boost off. Uh, what's your biggest priority in the next 30 days at level one? I guess you also what traveling again, like flying around the show and all sorts. Like, what's what's your sort of what's yeah, your yeah, what's your yeah. Although I, I, yeah, yeah, I am up down down to Dunedin on Thursday, and um, which is going to be brutal, pretty cold down there. Um, but I'm bound to say I've enjoyed the the, the Zoom era, and I hope I don't have to go quite back to the same. No, degree. I'm, I'm, I'm hitting. Oh uh, I'm, yeah, I guess for to save your flights for one one Zoom call, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, right. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm giving a speech in uh, in uh, Fonganui uh, at uh, two o'clock today, and instead of spending six hours getting there and back to do it, I, I'm, it's going to take me forty five minutes from my from my, from my front office here, uh, and uh, so uh, you can cover a lot of ground. Uh, but uh, so there'll be, I suppose, what 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 there'll be is a bit of a mix of of. Uh, Traveling around, uh, getting out, traditionally sort of stomping around, uh, shopping, shopping supermarkets and things like that, talking to people, uh, and also I think probably a little bit more uh, online stuff as well. It's yeah, gonna be fun. Crank up the social, mate. It's it's scalable. There you go. Cost you nothing. Get the word out. Yeah, your social game's been getting better. I, got, I must say, I've been you know seeing bits and pieces. I like to keep tabs on who's dabbling. You know, trying a few little videos, a few little things. Like I see you. Um, love your work, bro. Well, I really appreciate the time. Three daughters and one of them uh, seems always sort of puts me on TikTok, uh, which is embarrassing. Oh, <laughs> just don't do that. One. Don't, don't, don't do that one. Just don't. Yeah, nah, stuff that. Um, hey, um, good, good to chat, bro. I know you're um, super tapped, and best of luck with all the rest of it. And um, I'll be looking forward to uh, watching the ninja moves from afar. Very good. All the best. Love your work, brother. See you soon.